The City of Jackson's Visitors and Conventions Commission reminds us to shop locally. From our wide selection of national retail chains to our unique downtown shops, Jackson is a great place to spend the day, catch an exhibit, or grab some lunch or dinner from one of our national restaurant chains or local eateries. Spend the night in one of our national chain hotels. No matter what your plans, the City of Jackson and Jackson County in the rolling hills of Southern Ohio is a great way to spend the day. Just a friendly reminder from the City of Jackson Visitors and Conventions Commission. At Vinton County National Bank, we believe in supporting the areas where we live and work. Now, we'd like to honor those who also serve our communities. Our new Community Champions account is especially for first responders, veterans, active military, and anyone employed in the fields of healthcare or education. This account offers rewards, discounts, and other benefits to those who give so much to others. Vinton County National Bank, rewarding those who serve. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Main Street TV. I feel like I'm talking too loud, Dylan. Hopefully I'm not. Um, obviously, I'm not Jennifer, and Jennifer hasn't been here for a couple of days, but uh, this is Josh Willett, just deciding to hang out with everybody today, and I've got some really great guests today in Josh and Maddie. If you guys can introduce yourselves to our audience, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, my name is Maddie Allman. I'm the 4-H Youth Development Extension Educator for Jackson County Extension. And my name is Josh Winters. I'm the Ag and Natural Resources Educator for OSU Extension. So Dylan suckers me into being here today because he says food. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. And he's talking about churning butter. So I have to start by telling you my churning butter story. So when I was a freshman, uh, somehow I was convinced to take uh, vocational agriculture as my science class. Now, I don't know that that's necessarily something they still do today. It sounds like it's more of something that might be happening at Buckeye Hills. But at that time, it was I could get a general science credit for VOAG. Yeah. Like, and it gave an extra quarter of a high school credit. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I can do that. Not a problem. So I remember for our science fair project being told, okay, you have to pick something. So my friend Chad and I decided that we were going to make a homemade loaf of bread and churn butter. <laughs> so this isn't the first time I've been around churning butter, but I got to do it as a science fair project. That's cool. So um, after that, I was like, okay, I guess I better switch to something a little different. So I ended up taking biology and that stuff later on. But so this isn't a first for me, but yeah. it's been, <clears throat> I think Jennifer usually calls it a couple years ago <laughs> since I got to do that. So anyway, so when I think about churning butter now, again, I've gotten a chance to do that, but you've got some really neat ingredients up here too. But for people who've never done this before, can you kind of explain the process of how you would do that. And then we'll go back and talk maybe a little bit more about what you guys actually do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is a project that we usually do in our schools during our after school programs. Uh, something we kind of want to get on here and talk a little bit more about every month, you know, showing what we're doing in the schools, what different projects we're doing. So this is one that we're doing making butter because all the kids, you know, they're fascinated. They, a lot of them don't even know where milk comes from. So being able to tell them exactly where your milk is sure. coming from and which cows produce which milk is something that we like. I think to Jennifer about. talks about that all the time. Milk comes from the store. <laughs> right. That's, that's yep. it. Right. So. No, no concept of all the steps that it takes to get mm -hmm. to that point. So, yes. so what age groups would you generally be uh, steering a project like this towards? Um, 
any age group really. I, I mean, I think, I think you talked earlier about VOAG and mm-hmm. you probably did that in high school, yeah. right? So we start from anywhere as early as preschool, kindergarten, all the way up to high school. Oh, okay. So you can do this with any group. Um, and I think that showcases the importance of ag education yeah. and how so many kids nowadays don't realize where their food comes from and what science is involved with making their food. Yeah, that was I was sitting there talking about this on the radio today going, I can't remember why this was considered science because I don't remember thinking in terms of science at the time. And maybe that's just because I was having enough fun in mm-hmm. class that I didn't think about it as a science thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, oh, it definitely would be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a bunch. We're going to get a little bit into it once we get moving here. Talking about the scientific parts that go into making butter. But <laughs> we'll go ahead and get started. We'll go ahead and open our jars. So Sweet. what you're going to need for this science experiment is you're going to need a certain amount of mason jars. It depends how much butter you're going to make. We have three here today. Do you and suggest the smaller ones like these or can you do it in a bigger jar? You can do it in a bigger jar. These smaller jars, they just get done quicker. Yeah. You know, the fast they get done faster. If you have that mason jar, you're shaking for 20, 25 minutes. Uh, but this gets us done a little bit quicker. So what we do is we take heavy whipping cream. So heavy whipping cream, any type of heavy whipping cream. This one's from Walmart, but you can get from Kroger or wherever. And you're just going to take your jars and you're just going to fill it up about halfway. So once you fill it up halfway, you just go ahead and you put your lid onto it. Make sure it's nice and tight so it doesn't okay. go anywhere. And one thing about the having whipping cream, it's usually good to get let it sit out just for a little bit to get to room temperature. Once okay. it gets to room temperature, it can turn into butter quicker. Well, good. Then I won't rush to get us through this. <laughs> I know that I've got this list of things that, to me, I looked at these questions and I and I did kind of say, they seem a little childish, but I think it's good for us for for your roles, of course, as education specialists in your field, it's really good that we have these kind of questions. So what are just looking at the questions, what are some things that you would be teaching the kids as they're going through this process? So rather than me asking you these questions, yeah. I'm going to let you present that information kind of to our audience today. Okay. Yeah, if you want to go. So. Um, so first things first, where where does milk come from? So kind of from farm to table, we take them through that timeline, through that process. Um, so what is heavy whipping cream? What's the difference between that and regular milk? I was going to ask that milk, question. Whole milk, you know, those sorts of things. Um, sometimes I like to take a survey, you know, who, who likes whole milk? Who likes 2%? Kind of split them into groups. Um, and we get a little talk about Talk a little bit about milk. Um, we always have a conversation about chocolate milk. Okay. Does chocolate milk come from brown cows? <laughs> um, do, do they make chocolate ice cream? Do they make chocolate butter? Oh, you know, all of those fun things. And I usually just tell them yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but we, we start with that. And then um, we talk a little bit about uh, chemical reactions and why, um, you know, the way that mole- molecules move, you know, solid, liquid, gas, some, some of those things that younger kids are learning um, but they maybe don't, don't have a full grasp on yet. So we're going to take this from a liquid and we're going to turn it into more of a solid. That's awesome. So I was going to ask you that question because we talked about the using the heavy whipping cream. Really, what is the difference between it and, say, your skim milk, 2%, whole milk? What's the difference? Yeah, so whenever you talk about your heavy whipping cream, that's just one of the products that come from milk. So milk has a bunch of products like cheese, you know, anything mm-hmm. that has milk in it. This is just a product of milk. So whenever you have your milk setting, it's going to be the top. It's actually going to be the most fatty part of the the milk. It's going to be the cream, like we say, and it rises to the top. The fat rises up to the top, and then they skim it off. Mm -hmm. So once they skim it off, they go ahead and they 
make it where they do everything that they need to do to sell it, and then they put it into these jars, and it's heavy cream. Sure, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. So actually. this is ultra pasteurized heavy whipping cream. Um, so it's a little more fatty. Okay. Um, so it's probably not very good for you, this butter, but that's okay. It's going to be really good in the end. Well, so. no, it's probably going to taste <laughs> even better. But yeah, so just heavy standard whipping cream. Um, and then once we whip up our butter, uh, we always like to put a little seasoning in it. Okay. So today we've got cinnamon sugar seasoning, just Walmart brand okay. cinnamon sugar. And then we've got Italian seasoning if you oh. like a savory like me. So we've got sweet, we've got savory, whatever you like. Um, and then we've just got some Hawaiian sweet rolls here uh, that we're going to enjoy our butter on. Oh, today. that sounds awesome. So. That and, sounds awesome. And one thing I always like to talk about before we start letting them shake their butter is kind of talking about the, the cows in, in general, talking about, you know, we have beef and we have dairy cows. Uh, our beef ones are the ones that are going into our food chain, the ones that are making our hamburgers that we get at McDonald's. And then our dairy ones are the ones that are producing all this milk, all this product that we have. And I'm talking about, you know, I always ask them, how much milk do you think a cow can produce in a day? And without looking, I know you've looked over. I, I've looked at it, but it's been a while. I, I mean, I would guess, I don't know, like maybe two gallons. So on average, a dairy cow can produce up to six gallons a day. Oh, That's okay. Just the average. So it can produce a little less, a little more, depending on how well the nutrition standards are for it. Okay. And then to get that two gallons, that dairy cattle has to eat a lot of food. So on average, dairy cattle can eat anywhere from 35 to 40 pounds of food a day whether that's feed supplements, whether that's forages, any type of stuff like that. You know, I was thinking about, and this is going to seem like strange at this time, but I was thinking about, okay, butter. Cause it's just something that we, you just live with it. It's just butter, right? right. You go to the store and you go get butter. And thinking about, you know, there have been people that I talked to, of course, who are on like different vegetarian diets. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, they can't have butter. <laughs> and it it it's like it dawned on me that something as simple as staple as butter mm -hmm. is something that you know because of the way that it's produced now i'm sure that what a mar margarine would be a substitute mm -hmm. correct it could Ish. it should be because that's made of soybeans sure uh, as long as it's all soybean it should be able to fit a vegan diet um but it's so nice mm -hmm. to see the natural side of mm -hmm. what's about to happen versus that but i'm like Oh my gosh, I guess if I were a vegetarian, I couldn't actually have butter. Yeah. Oh, and I use real butter. I love real butter. Mm -hmm. yep. So <laughs> this is really good for me. So after we talked to all the kids, bore them down a little bit, kind of making them sit still for a solid five, yes. 10 minutes, you give them these jars. And then once you give them the jars, you say, just start shaking. Okay. So that's so what we're going to do. Shake. And then they just start shaking. And they're so excited. They're throwing it. I'm, I always tell them, two hands. Two yeah. hands on the butter. Okay. <laughs> you can do one hand if you want. It's up to you. But I know those kids, they get a little rough with it. I, I don't want to see a jar fly across the room and ruin their butter. So I have a, a, a little secret. At my house, we have um, a pampered chef, shameless plug, uh, <laughs> tool at the house that is actually to help us to churn butter. Yeah. yeah. So we've made our own butter at the house before using that pampered chef thing. Uh, my wife was a pampered chef consultant for several years. Yeah. Ooh, I can already feel it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what we like to talk about whenever we start getting it slung around, we kind of talk about like the whipping cream we've already talked about. But we also all talk about the change it's going through, whether it's going to be a chemical or whether it's going to be a physical change. Mm -hmm. So what do you think this one's turning into? Well, it Chemical should be turning in. Oh, it should be a physical change, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as Maddie said earlier, it's going from a liquid to a solid. So it's not, it's just changing its state of form. So that's a physical change. Because if you let this sit out, once you get the butter separated from the actual milk, 
it's actually going to be able to separate back into heavy whipping cream if you let it sit. So for our audience, hopefully this isn't shaking so bad into the microphone. Yeah, I'm kind of holding away but, here. <laughs> um, I can actually hear like a little bit of a chunk that's starting to form in there. At mm -hmm. least it feels like that coming off the lid. So. <laughs> so we start to shake it. And then usually once we get to the point where it feels like you can't shake it, yeah. I just stop for a second. And then I'm like, feel what it feels like. Does it feel thicker? Like you said, you start yeah. doing a thunk, chunk, it starts to get thicker. So as it gets thicker, you just keep shaking it, you keep shaking it, and then eventually the butter is going to start to move out of it. And we're going to shake for a little while. Yeah, so if your arm so. gets tired, just kind of go from one arm to the other and <laughs> change up the way you're shaking. <laughs> We usually, uh, sometimes I like to put on some music yeah. and do a little dance While with I was them. sitting here in my head, yeah. I'm in my head thinking of Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. Yes, yes. And also looking at the camera and making sure it doesn't look like I'm using a shake weight. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's funny. And then so, I always ask the kids, I know you've already mentioned it once, you know, how, how did they make butter in the past? So, talking about how they churn butter. Right. And they sit all day and just start mm -hmm. churning it, how that went through the process. So, again, with a... I guess when I was thinking about churning butter, I was thinking of that kind of old school, um, what is, I don't know, some kind of wooden mm -hmm. thing with right. the mm -hmm. rod to go. I don't know how that thing really <laughs> works, but what is, is there really a difference between what we're doing now? Sorry, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> um, is there really a difference between doing it that way versus doing it the way we're doing it now? Not really. No, because we're essentially doing it the same way. We're just going to get it done quicker. Oh, because okay. with the turn, it's just moving around and around and around. It's nothing different from us than just shaking it like this. It'll eventually turn into but butter. It's were... just going to take a little longer. Oh, my gosh. Just thinking about doing that, mm -hmm. turning and taking longer. I mean, it, it's definitely, I can start to, I'm not hearing it the same way I was. Yeah. So it's obviously making a difference. And but... that butter churn, that's a larger amount of butter, right? Yeah. It's a whole big bucket, um, maybe a few gallons of cream. Um, and so it's going to take them a lot longer. Um, at shooting sports camp, okay. we have a, a section, it's called Living History. And so they learn all about um, living in the colonial times. We make our own butter. We make ice cream every year. It's super fun. Um, and it takes us forever to churn that butter and to oh, churn I'm that sure. ice cream at camp with those kids. This is um, really finally starting to get yes, to that point yeah. where I can... <laughs> can so, tell it's not nearly as liquidy as it was. It's that surface area. You know, we've just got a smaller surface area yeah. for that uh, change to kind of react in here. Whereas that butter, that churn, it's going to take a lot longer because it's a lot more product um, and a lot larger surface area. Now, you shouldn't be afraid to, like, I could open this up right now, and if it wasn't enough, you just keep shaking it again, mm -hmm. right? Right. Mm -hmm. So essentially what we're looking at is if you wanted to stop right now, if it starts to feel like it's not moving anymore, That's, you mine still have... A sort of butter. It's like a Texas Roadhouse butter. It's yeah. going to be that creamy like type butter. Yeah, if you want to open it. Say, mine doesn't feel like it's... Is it nice and creamy? And Yeah, yeah. So you got the creamy butter right now. Okay. So the longer you shake it, the more it's going to start looking like store-bought butter. Okay. Like a little balled-up butter. Mm -hmm. Well, I so, feel like I could go over there and hold this up so people could see yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead and take it It actually looks more like right now... More like the consistency of, say, mayonnaise, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Right? Real, Is that a good answer? Real creamy and thin. Um, and once you get to that consistency, you know you're getting close. Yeah. So you said something about the Texas Roadhouse butter and thinking about the adding the cinnamon. <laughs> I'm thinking about, yes. I, just, I just went to Dakota's <laughs> last night, had a little bit of that cinnamon and sugar butter on yeah. my rolls. So That seems to be a pretty popular one with our kiddos. Yeah, so they I'm seem sure to really like that. <laughs> 
Well, and like you had the Italian seasoning. That's another one I'd like to have uh, like a garlic Parmesan butter. Mm-hmm. I know we keep around at our house sometimes. It's nice when you're making a spaghetti. Or, yes. This is, and what's funny is that something like this really is a pretty simple project, something you could make your way to the store to go do. And like I said, buying, doing this would be probably a lot less money than going and buying a specialty butter. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that when I go to the store and I buy like my stick butter, I'm telling you, I don't feel like it's going anywhere. Uh-huh. Anymore. <laughs> done. If you take a look at it, it'll start looking like it's sticking at the sides and you'll start to see little oh, yeah. pockets in it. So that means it's starting to separate. Mm-hmm. So our chemical change is actually starting to happen. So what do you think where it's turning into the solid and the liquid, what do you think that liquid's going to be? Like an oil? Not necessarily. Okay. So our, our oils, you know, oil is fat. Right. So our fat's going to be our butter. That's okay. going to be with the butter that's coming apart from the heavy whipping cream. That liquid that's going to be coming off is going to be called buttermilk. Okay. That's going to gotcha. be like that product that we get at the store called buttermilk. That's going to be what's going to come and start separating. And we'll start to see that here. No, we're getting close. I'm telling you. I'm starting to see I the don't middle know. line. So we're I, don't know. I, don't know. I don't think I'm getting there yet. <laughs> Not quite. Not you got quite. a little more shaking to do. All right. So I always tell the kids. It just kids, doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always tell the kids once they get to like their Texas Roadhouse, if that's what they want, they can quit. But I always make a few of them keep going. Keep going. Usually I get how? the kids in partners. Because, yeah. As you can tell, it's getting kind of tired doing it the whole time. <laughs> so they just keep switching off. Your turn, your turn. And then they start looking at it and they come up to me. He's like, is it done yet? And I'm like, not yet. I'm waiting for my watch to tell me that I'm out running. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It can be a workout. We, um, especially when you have it in the big quart jars. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, definitely would be. I guess I asked that silly question when we started the show. Do do you do it in bigger jars too? (laughs) If you want to. Don't do it in a bigger jar. Don't do it in a bigger jar. Just this little one. Where's your arm out? (laughs) And that's why you only fill up the jar halfway. If you fill it up all the way, it's never going to turn because it doesn't have much space to it. Sure. And you're just going to, you're just going to hate it. Yeah. You've got to let it be able to move around in that jar um, (coughs) and that reaction of hitting one end and then hitting the other one. That's going to help solidify that butter. And if you can start hearing it now, mine's starting to turn into liquid. So now we're getting to our physical change where it's switching. It's switching to our buttermilk and switching to our butter inside. So if you look in there. You can actually see oh, the okay. on the top. Oh, yeah. Now I see yours. So it's starting to turn you <laughs> You're getting there. Oh, You're yeah. so close. I can see it. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm almost there. So this is where the kids start getting excited. They start shaking. They get like, I hear it. I hear it. I hear the change. <laughs> but I always just make them stop, and I always just make them just look at it. Look, in what, look and see what you see. And once I see that yellow, they start to get super excited. So this is a project that we've done in multiple schools. I know I've been to Wellston. We've done it at the Farm Bureau's uh, Dinner in the Street. We actually made, uh, we had a tent set up, and we were able to make butter with all the participants for their dinner in the street. So it seemed what, like everybody liked it. That's what I was going to ask you. What are some of the other projects or other things that maybe uh, you would do with the kids while you're out there? Um, so another one I like to do around Thanksgiving time is um, pumpkin pie in a bag. Oh, okay. So kind of the same concept. You put all of the ingredients um, into a bag, and they get to shake up the pumpkin pie mix. Um, and then it's like a granola base and then their pumpkin pie mix on the top and they get a little pumpkin pie to eat in their cup. So you don't have to bake it or anything like that. Um, and they seem to really enjoy that. 
We also do bread in a bag. So, okay, bread um, in a bag. We go around and do stations, um, and they can uh, put all their flour and everything like that in a bag. They kind of shake it up too, roll it out, roll it around, um, and eventually it'll make a really nice bread dough, and then they can take it home and bake it okay. with their parents. Um, but those are some things that we can bring on the show if you want us to. We can make bread in a bag or pumpkin pie. Um, but, yeah, we do a lot of fun things in the schools. Um, something that I like to do is most of these activities are from our 4-H projects. Okay. So 4-H has over 220 4-H projects that you can choose from. I think a lot of people just know us as the animals at the county fair. Right, but, right, right. Um, in reality, I mean, we've got anything from food and nutrition to clothing and sewing, shooting sports, everything in between. So um, again, that's a that's a that's something I was going to ask you. Are these the kind of projects that you would be doing in preparation for things to line you up to be prepared for a project for something like the fair? Maybe not this as a fair project. Yeah, so I think uh, making butter in a jar is one of the projects in, or is an activity in one of our food nutrition projects. Okay. Um, if not, I think it might be in the living history project. I'll have to look that up for you. Um, but yeah, so they, they get their project book. Um, so if it's a food nutrition, uh, like we have one, Star Spangled Foods is one of those project books. Um, and so there's different activities, different chapters in that books where, where they learn different skills, different activities. You're getting there, you're getting I close. I got it now. Yeah. Um, and they complete those steps, those activities. Um, and they take that book in and all of the stuff that they've made or a poster board or something like that into a judging. They sit down with a judge and talk about everything that they learned. Then they can exhibit their poster board or their book at the county fair. I got it. Yep. Cool. Yep. And then one thing that we're really excited about is uh, through Extension, they have a big STEM grant. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this funding that we go to the schools and do this, we can buy the project project our products from the store through that STEM grant. Mm -hmm. So that STEM grant we use for yeah, well STEM, Jackson, and Oak Hill. Nice. Yep. So yeah, if you're a teacher or a parent um, and you're interested in having more STEM education or stuff like this um, in your schools, give us a call. We'd be more than happy to come out um, and do some fun activities. We do in-school and after-school programs. I find myself doing after-school a lot. It's sure. super fun. So, well, that's what I was uh, yeah. thinking about the programs I know when I was teaching. Of course, they had the after-school program, what was called the RAP program mm -hmm. at Wellston. Wellston yep. So I know that they had that happening a lot. That's what I was thinking to myself. Do you do more time during the day in classrooms or more after school? Yep. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yep. On Friday, I'll be at Oak Hill during the day. I do, I do a STEM class uh, with Miss Haggerty. Shout out, Miss Haggerty. Um, and so we do a lot of STEM education with them. We made lava lamps last time. It was oh, super fun. Awesome. We'll have to bring in lava lamps. Those will be fun. Yeah. I can um, <laughs> Got a little butter, man. Um, and so, uh, yeah, sometimes I'm in school. Sometimes I do a lot of after school. It just kind of depends on where schools can fit me in and what the most need for them is. Sure. I would say those after school programs is a great place to mm -hmm. start. And, oh. and like you said, with the grant funding, that really mm -hmm. helps. And you can give the kids something that they can go home with yes. at the end of the day, mm -hmm. especially if it's something that is, is simply useful as butter yes so that's fantastic Let's see where i'm at here i haven't looked at mine at all all right so i would say mine's done so we've already separated it so i don't know if they can see what it looks like but over here we have just our uh, buttermilk so that's the taking the milk out of the butter and then in here we have the actual butter so oh that's a perfect camera view there yeah. thank you dylan now i gotta like <laughs> there's a little bit of a delay maybe all right. so that, so there there's go. our butter. So that's what our butter looks like, and then our buttermilk. Yeah, we can just. Mine's see that starting right to here. look more like a scoop of ice cream. Yes, that's where mine's okay. at. 
So we would say this one's most likely done. There's a little bit of liquid. It's a little bit liquidy if you like really hard butter. You want to keep shaking it. Uh, I know I like that kind of Texas Roadhouse butter, so sure, I like it yes. to be a little smoother whenever we have it. <laughs> I, I just heard a ding, Dylan. I was hoping that wasn't my computer dinging for you. Oh, I'm starting to starting to leak. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Coming out the top there? Yeah, I think I... Well, it's because I unscrewed it again. And oh, gosh. I should have. What do you think? That looks good. Yeah, we can start pouring this in there. I need a few napkins. Yeah, I know. We should have brought some napkins or paper towels. You're about to throw up. I rescued my butter. It's okay. So more buttermilk and more butter. I'd say we're probably ready here, too, if you want to go ahead and separate that out. How about this? Perfect. Making a mess well, of your station. Here. Well, I feel like I'm not doing a very good job of asking you guys questions, but you're doing a fantastic job of kind of explaining what it is that you end up having. So are there any events that you guys are having uh, coming up soon that uh, our people who are viewing can uh, maybe come and check out? I didn't Josh, get a chance on? to. Yeah, so for the extension office for the month of January, we got a lot of exciting programs coming up. Um, you know, I'm a part of uh, OSU Extension. We have a, a farm management and agronomy podcast. So uh, it's a podcast that we do just talk about different agricultural topics if anybody's interested. Ooh, so tell me more about that. So what kind of things you talk about on the podcast? Yeah, so it's two parts. So it's the agronomy and farm management. I'm on the farm management side, and we have two others that do the agronomy side. So on the farm management, uh, we have topics such as transition planning. So Okay, go back farm. a step for me. What's the difference between farm management and agronomy? Agronomy is like, so where you were talking about using it as a science credit. So okay. So get that science credit, they go in the depths of, you know, trying to find the most invasive weeds that are happening in our corn and soybeans. They're talking mm. about our fertilizing needs. What we should be looking out for in the growing season. I got gotcha. you. Type of the weather that's going on. I had to slow down the word for myself and go agronomy and yeah. start thinking, okay. Got agronomy it. is anything that deals with our crops out there. Okay. Talking about that. And then the farm management side, that's the lucky side that I like to be on is it's kind of just open and everything. So we talk anything about transitioning the farm from old the young trying to get that transition how to do it legally um, talking about different leases farm leases talking about uh, selling freezer beef i know we did one on timber sales it's anything and everything that we do the last okay. one that we did was talking about uh, the risk management program for our cattle so we have crop insurance there's also livestock insurance that a lot of people don't know about so they can insure their cattle up to so much uh, using crop or livestock insurance well that's pretty cool mm -hmm. and then we also have uh, the jackson county farmers club on monday january 15th uh, we've got our program manager for the benchmarking program for OSU Extension. He's going to come in. He's going to talk about uh, you know, running the numbers on an operation. Once you run those numbers, showing you what those numbers mean. shows you how, how well you're doing in certain places, and it'll also show you where you need to improve on. We've also got a pesticide recertification class. That's one that we do every single year. Uh, we have to have, for farmers, they need their pesticide license. So being able to go through that pesticide recertification, learning the safe use of pesticides, how to use it safe, using it on certain pro or certain uh, weeds that they have. So I was thinking about this just now. How many, roughly how many farmers or people that classify themselves as farmers are in this area? There's a good bit. You know? there's, there's more than you know. There's, there's somewhere probably, if I had to guess, around 100 to 200, okay. depending on... You know, wow! Which one you ask? Which one's the it's just so many farmer. more than it's so many more than you ever really think about. I mean, I know I have a 
a friend who had a pig farm, I guess. And, but you know, he's running a pig farm to me, it just off of a small barn at his house. And I guess I never really thought about him as being a farmer, but he definitely was. Um, even though that wasn't something that was his full-time mm -hmm. career. Right. Um, I guess when I think about, when I think of farmers, I think, like you said, with dairy farms or even a chicken farm, do we have chicken farms in this area? Really? There's a turkey farm. There's a turkey, There's farm, a turkey farm. farm. Right. Um, I know you like home chicken farms or something. Yep. Cause I swear I saw a chicken walking down the road the other day. He had to come from someone's farm. I don't think he was just like crossing the road like for the sake of fun. There was a chicken at Wendy's not too long ago. Do you remember <laughs> yep. that? Yes. So I had uh, family members when I was a kid who actually ran a chicken farm. It was uh, like a, like a park farms, chicken farm or something. So right. it was a pretty big deal. Um, so chicken farms where I grew up, um, where I grew up, our our school was like legit in the middle of farmland. Yeah. So you had there was like a pine tree farm, there was a horse pasture, a cow pasture, and uh, and then down the road was the chicken farm. Mm -hmm. So it smelled fantastic <laughs> in a non air conditioned school mm -hmm. <laughs> in yeah. the middle of the suburbs. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so bad around here. But so I guess in that area, I I thought about farming a lot more than I do here as much as this is obviously a very rural area. Right. Um, it, it all depends on your definition of farmer. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, it depends, you know, if you're talking about a big operation to a backyard operation, uh, the definition of a farm is anyone that sells, uh, I believe it's uh, 1500. Don't quote me on that. I believe it's somewhere around 1500. They make 1500 in sales. Oh, agricultural mm -hmm. products. Oh, so that's wow. That's a lot lower than I mm -hmm. figured it would be defined as. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I think um, something that Josh and I both are kind of working towards in OSU Extension and youth development, you know, 4-H, we have a, a large agricultural base, mm -hmm. um, is that a lot of farmers nowadays aren't full-time farmers. Um, you don't see that too often, especially in Southeast Ohio in this Appalachian kind of region. Um, and so that's kind of something that we're talking about with our kids. You know, they might have a passion for um, you know, raising hogs or turkeys or whatever as part of their 4-H projects, but that might not be their full-time career after 4-H, but what skills can they take with them um, that they've learned that they can continue to use on down the road from their hog projects or chicken projects or whatever. That's so, awesome. Yeah. We should try this. Yes. yes. We did a lot of work. We've got to try so it. So here, get you a roll okay. first. Right, <laughs> now feel free to make that jar either the Italian one or the cinnamon one. Stir it in there. Okay. Which one do you want, the Italian or cinnamon? Oh, I have to have cinnamon. There you go. I have to have cinnamon. So, do you suggest that I just put it in the jar yeah, and just go ahead and start tossing it in, start stirring it up? Okay. Usually with our kids, we would have like a little, you know, like How, a little ounce container. Is this a just pour a, like a little goes a long way situation? Um, it's a or? it's a sugar cinnamon sugar one, so it okay. Should be, yeah, it should be pour as much as you want. I'm gonna do savory. I'm gonna. Okay. Try some Italian oh. seasoning here. So while we're getting oh, it ready, perfect. I want to also say that uh, our farmers club is not just open to just farmers. Anybody's welcome. It's always just an educational program where a lot of it's just social, get to know the community, and then to have that ed educational program with it as well. Oh, Dylan, this looks so good. And Dylan, you're welcome to some a, too. That's going to need a little bit more though. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> it smells fantastic, but it's going to need a little more. 
Also on Friday, January 19th, we have a cattle herd management program. It's through the OSU Vet College. They're actually coming down to the Jackson County Extension Office uh, to have a program talking about uh, mainly cattle type programs. I think it's like ticks, uh, talking about vaccines. Um, but if anybody's interested, feel free to give us a call at the Extension Office or give me an email. Um, if anybody's also interested in added, being added to my monthly email, we have a monthly A&R email that sends out, has a bunch of different stories across the state as well as some local stories. It also has our programs through uh, Jackson, Gallia, Pike. We always try to work together as counties to have different programs. So we're just impacting the whole community as a whole. If you're interested to be added to that newsletter, feel free to give me an email at winters.249 at osu.edu. One of the things that I see from watching, I'm a, I'm a watcher of this show, admittedly. I get to watch it. Usually I watch it from the road. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I usually, I'll put it up on my, uh, put it up on my phone as I'm driving from like place to place. Oh my gosh. Dylan, you've got to come over here and get some of this. Which one do you want, Dylan? But, um, so I know there, it seems like a lot of the different organizations that there are tons of different organizations in this area that all seem to get to work together, mm -hmm. which I think is, you know, just so amazing to get to see that I think about, um, um, the farm bureau. Right. And so do you guys do as many things together as I assume that you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we work with the farm bureau a lot, actually. Um, so we were at their dinner in the street event. We made butter, okay. um, which was super fun. Um, the farm bureau supports the county fair a lot and we're super grateful yes. for them. Um, usually in the spring, the, the farm bureau puts on, um, ag exploration day for all of the second graders, um, in Jackson and Vinton counties, they come actually out to the extension office, to the research farm there, um, and learn all about agriculture and the farm bureau does a great job partnering with FFA and 4-H to kind of bring that out there. Um, Last year, Josh was toting around lambs, showing all of the kids mm -hmm. lambs, and I think I had rabbits and chicks uh, for the kids to look at. Um, the Farm Bureau also helps us with a quality assurance session. So um, all of our kids that take animals to the county fair, uh, they have to complete something called quality assurance, um, basically quality care of animals, making sure that our food systems are staying safe. Um, so they learn all about, you know, administering medications correctly, proper feed management, a lot of those important practices of handling livestock. Um, and the Farm Bureau uh, helps us put one of those on in March. So our kids get a free meal out of that. Um, last year, we had, I think, 125 kids come to that quality assurance session alone. So it was a huge hit. Um, so, yeah, the Farm Bureau is super awesome. I know Josh works a lot, like, with the Farm Service Agency mm -hmm. um, and some different local ag agencies in the community as well. He could probably talk a little bit more about I that. I just think it's important for uh, our audience to understand that when we say education, we're not necessarily just talking about children here. We're mm -hmm. talking right. really adult education yes. as well. So getting to see, you know, both sides of that happening, yeah. whether it be with things like the podcast or, or – whatever that was. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Having that and the things going out into the schools, I think that is so neat to, for everybody to be able to see just the different ways that you're able to outreach. Mm -hmm. I'm going to taste this. Yeah. Have taste you tasted it. yours yet? I haven't tasted mine. Have you tasted yours yet? Dylan? Oh, yeah. I'll come <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would like to also mention. Oh gosh, that's so good. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Worth yeah. the effort. <laughs> oh, so this one's the, this one's the cinnamon sugar. You if you want some sugar? of it, or else there's the uh, cinnamon, sugar. cinnamon sugar. Here, I have half a roll if you want it. <laughs> I, now, I've touched it, as long as that's okay with you. So, Al, 
can't eat too many carbs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, I didn't make a New Year's resolution this year, so I guess I can have as many as I want. <laughs> but going back to our partnerships in the community, we we do have a lot of good partners. You know, one of one the ones that helped me out a lot is the Farm Service Agency in Soil mm-hmm. and Water over there, right off of Fairgreens Road. Sure. Uh, they've they've got a lot of good resources for anybody that is looking into either starting a farm or whether they want to start. Uh, looking into different programs, there's also NRCS through that building too as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, working with them, working through the schools, our schools are a big partner that we have, being yes. able to go into it with after school. Without them, we wouldn't be able to go into schools and start doing these programs. And we wouldn't be able to have this grant that we have that we're able to go into. Yes, absolutely. The schools uh, wrote letters, letters of support for us to get that grant funding. Oh, so that's we're great. thankful for them. Uh, the Jackson City Library, um, we work with them a lot. We hosted a hike night out at Canner's Cave not too long ago and had a really great turnout. Um, And so we work with the library a lot to reach adults and youth as well. So um, we try and really reach out to our community in the most ways as possible. So if you're a community organization that wants to reach out and work with OSU Extension, uh, whether that's for, we have um, two food nutrition staff, we have FNEP and SNAPED. And so they work with um, different programs to teach food and nutrition education, um, and healthy living programs. Um, And so they do a great job. They are also in the schools and different adult community organizations. Um, So if you want uh, agricultural education, youth development education, STEM education, healthy living, anything of the sort, we can definitely partner with you and work through that. I mean, my brain just kind (laughs) of, my wheels are turning in my brain right now because I'm thinking about some of the different different partnerships I know that we do with Mm -hmm. Tri-City. with uh, whether it be the dog pound coming in or the library coming in and dealing with books, there's probably something that is a movie related that we could do during our free summer movie series. Yes, I had a friend. Take a movie and connect it. Yeah, I had a friend actually um, who I grew up in with 4 H, um, and she was a part of the National 4 H Film Festival. Oh. So 4 H, um, we have a lot of creative arts projects, um, photography and videography, where kids learn about making their own movies and, and a video production and things like that. So wow. 4-H isn't just animals, it's right. everything in between. So um, that's kind of a fun connection that we can make through 4-H is we teach kids those skills. We'll have to make sure we g- – g- give me till April. We can start <laughs> having that conversation, see if we can't put something together for that this summer. Well, is there anything else that I feel like – that we need to tell everybody the butter was fantastic. You, yeah. you haven't tried yours yet. Oh, I, I tried mine. I oh, did. Okay, good, good. Um, just some 4-H yeah. side of things um, that I wanted to share. So Josh shared kind of some of the things that are going on in the ag and natural resources world in the county. Um, on the 4-H end of things, um, we're kind of starting up our year. So uh, 4-H is year-round. I think a lot of people think that we're kind of just there at the county fair in the summer, um, but it's not a summer program. So we're, we actually do things all year-round. So Right now, I'm putting out a call for volunteers. Okay. Um, so if anybody is interested in serving youth in the community as a 4-H volunteer, um, volunteer applications are due the end of this month, January 31st. So reach out to me if you're interested in being a volunteer. There's a process that we have to go through, um, but we're always looking for people to kind of help teach our youth and provide their skills. That's what I was going to ask you. What kind of things do you have volunteers taking um, care of? Right now, we have a huge need for shooting sports. Oh. Uh, we do not have a shooting sports program in our county anymore. We kind of lost that volunteer knowledge base. Um, so if you have a passion for teaching kids about shooting sports um, and handling uh, guns and archery uh, equipment safely, um, reach out to me because we have a need for volunteers in that area. Um, any, I mean, just about anything, clothing, sewing, if you have a passion about teaching kids 
um, those tactile skills, uh, food, nutrition, healthy living, um, livestock as well. If you have a, a large knowledge in any livestock area, we'd be happy to have you and add you to our team as well. So uh, anything, anything. That shooting sports thing. I was yes. just thinking about that. that Saints, <laughs> Saints Peter and Paul used to have a little mm-hmm. archery program. And of course, that's not there yeah, anymore. Yeah, yep, yep. I know my girls did that for a little bit. Yes. I don't think they were ever a part of like any of the competitive side <laughs> of it. But it was definitely neat for them to understand the safety yes. elements. And, mm-hmm. uh, and shooting sports is a huge program in, oh, in yeah. national 4-H. I mean, nationwide. Um, we have uh, statewide and, and nationwide shooting sports competitions, um, quiz bowls, different things like that. We actually here in Jackson County at Canners Cave host the Ohio 4-H shooting sports camps. Um, so local kids that are interested in shooting sports, they just have to drive 20 minutes down the road to go yeah. to that camp, um, which is a really great opportunity that I feel like not enough people know. Right. Because so. we just don't think about those resources mm-hmm. being right here in our own backyard. Yes. Yeah. Um, so volunteerism, that's kind of my all call there is I, I need help. I can't do this alone. So I'd love to have more volunteers on my team. So if you're interested, reach out. Um, 4-H enrollment is due April 1st this year. Normally it's the 15th. So I've kind of pushed it back a little bit. Um, so if you have a kiddo that is interested in joining 4-H this year, they have until April 1st to do so. So um, they can reach out to me. I can help them find a club, and we can get them Dylan, involved. Dylan, you might in the comment that in the uh, in our own comment section that the enrollment for 4-H is April 1st. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic for people who are following this up again. And is there um, an email, or who, who should they contact? Maybe as he's typing that up, so yes. that we can have it as a part of so this. So my email is Allman. That's A L L M A N. Dot six eight at osu.edu. Um, you can always send me an email and I can find you somebody or connect you with somebody um, who's a club advisor. So we have 26 4-H clubs in Jackson County. All of those are ran by um, adult volunteers um, and are comprised of families. Um, sure. So they meet with their 4-H clubs to complete their projects um, to come to like the, the county judging and county fair. So yeah, um, if they're interested in joining 4-H but they still want to learn a little bit more, um, I'm starting to promote my spring project fair. So last year I came on the show. Yes, um, and I talked that. about my spring that. project fair. So that this year is going to be March 7th. Okay. Um, same time, same place, 5.30 to 7.30 um, at the Jackson County Fairgrounds. Okay. Um, at the spring project fair, we talk all about all of the different 4-H projects that kids can take. Um, there usually are some live animals there that they get to pet and get their hands on, um, but lots of fun goodies and things that they can walk away with from that event too. So if you're kind of on the fence about the spring project fair and you're not really sure what 4-H all oh, entails. Oh, that would be perfect. I um, mean, great opportunity just to see a little bit of everything. Yes. It, it, yeah. We have tables set up all around the room for every single 4-H project area. And if so. I remember correctly, that was like really well attended for it you guys was. last year. Yes. I was so, so happy and ecstatic. Um, we've had probably 300 people walk through our doors wow. that night. Um, so hopefully we can break that record. Yes. Um, <laughs> and have more people come this year. Um, and kind of see what 4-H is about. Hopefully it'll be a little bit better. I'm hoping to make it better year after year. So, but yeah, um, other than that, uh, if you want to stay connected with 4-H in the County, you can always get my newsletter as well. Um, you can email me again, almond.68 at osu.edu. I can add you to the list. Um, and you can stay connected with 4-H and some of the different news that we've got going on throughout the year. And Josh, I know you said your email address as well, but maybe I can get Dylan to put that in the comment section as well. Yeah, yeah. it's winters.249 at osu.edu. Okay. And all this information it also can be found at our website. If you go mm-hmm. to jackson.osu.edu, 
you should be able to find all our information. You can go into the 4-H tab, the A&R tab, and you should be able to find everything you need. Oh, that's awesome. Dylan, is there anything else over here that I should be asking them? I know that you had some things that you were planning on kind of to end the show, and I don't know if you're going to make me tell everybody what the weather is supposed to be, but I'm <laughs> hearing rumors of a possibility of some of that white nasties coming up this uh, weekend, maybe. Well, yeah, I'll probably have you run through the weather, and I got a few videos from Jeremiah and Red that we're going to play. Okay. But I think you've covered everything. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> well, and yeah. thank you guys for, you know, like I said, this is my first time being here on, <laughs> I feel like as much as that feels like the hot seat, this is the hot seat for me because I'm, this is an all new experience for me. So thank you guys for making that super simple for me. Yeah, thank um, you for having us. We I'm hoping our, our, so our listeners want to know when Jennifer's coming back. So when's that happening, Dylan? Do She'll you know that? Tomorrow. She'll be here tomorrow. Well, I promise I'm coming in here to give her a hard time. So that'll be, a, that's great that she'll be here tomorrow. You want to pull up the weather, Dylan, and I'll see if I can't, uh, decipher through that from a long distance with my bifocals there we go see and i'm seeing it so today it looks like a high of 44 with a low of 27 tomorrow 38 um and a low of 17 looks like friday but this is the part that i'm talking about i'm looking at saturday dylan and this is uh this is scaring me a little bit because i'm seeing a high of 40 a low of 30 and it looks like we're supposed to have some kind of wintry mix. Now, I have seen other things. Let's hope that because I say it out loud and it's being recorded, that it doesn't come true because I'm hearing rumors of anywhere between two and four inches. So, but then it's going to warm back up again. I see when we get to Monday and Tuesday, I'm hearing next week we're supposed to be back in the 50s. So, uh, let's hope all of that actually... Let's hope it's, I, I could use a little bit of the white powdery stuff. That would be just fine for me. I just don't want it to be that slushy nastiness, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> so Dylan, I know that, I know they're still cleaning up a little bit, but did you get a chance to, you got a chance to try out some of that cinnamon butter, right? Yeah, that tasted like Dakota's butter. That was really good. That's because I added extra cinnamon and sugar <laughs> to it to make yeah, it that, that way. Sense. But oh no, it was fantastic. Well, thank you guys again so much. Dylan, I'm going to let you take over. Oh, perfect. I'm glad that the look at those pictures. I wish I had something that looked that professional of myself. That's so good. We also want to thank Main Street TV for letting us be here. Say so we're excited to be here. And, you know, we plan to be here next month on the first Wednesday to have a different program for you guys. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. All right, Dylan. I'm going to let you take over from there and. Uh, let you handle everything else that's going on. Like you said, you've got a couple of videos you're going to share with us right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play Jeremiah's video from this week. Okay, very good. Have a good, uh, have a good day. Thank you guys again. And uh, we'll talk to you guys. I will, again, I'll be here tomorrow to give Jennifer a hard time. So thanks, Dylan.
Hello and good evening. My name is Jeremiah Shavert. I'm a multimedia journalist with The Telegram. I'm broadcasting live here in the village of Colton where this evening Colton Village Council was supposed to have a village council meeting, but they were unable to meet due to a lack of quorum. Um, so at the end of the year, uh, council had, there's six council members on council, and here at the new year there's only three. That is because uh, two council members did not seek re-election, and a third had uh, become mayor for the village of Colton. So now council's down three members, and they are seeking uh, members from the village of Colton to join council so that they will uh, be able to meet here and take care of business. So if you are interested in joining the village uh, council here in the village of Colton, Ohio. Uh, you have to resign in the village for uh, one year and you have to also be a registered voter as well. If you're interested in becoming a member of council, type up a resume and bring it here to the village building, the Colton Community Building here in the village. It's right across from the post office here in the village and you can drop that in the drop box outside or you can take it in during business hours. And um, that's Monday through Thursday here from, I believe, 8 to 4.30 here at the village. Or you can mail that resume and, post and mark it for the village of Colton. And uh, that's P.O. Box, I believe, 98 for uh, Colton, Ohio. So I uh, just wanted to go live and kind to uh, kind of let people know. Hopefully you're able to hear me okay. Kind of let people know a little bit of what happened. So uh, once again, for anybody just joining, I am in the village of Colton, Colton, Ohio, where tonight the village council was going to meet for the first meeting of the new year for 2024. And they were not able to do so because they had a lack of quorum. They needed four council members to be able to meet. They only had three, so they're seeking three council members to join to bring them back up to six. So if you are interested in joining the village, um, submit a resume, and you can drop that off here at the village building or drop it in the drop box outside, or you can even mail that. That's P.O. Box 98, Colton, Ohio. So uh, anyhow, um, the next meeting, Colton Council typically meets on the first and third Tuesday of the month here at the Village Building. They meet at 7 o'clock in the evening. And uh, so the next council meeting uh, is obviously canceled because they don't have enough council members to appoint to council. And the mayor can't appoint anybody to council until 30 days had passed. So the next meeting will be the first Tuesday in February will be the next Colton Village Council meeting. So just wanted to go live and uh, hopefully you're hearing me okay and can see me okay testing out some uh, testing out some new equipment this evening. So hopefully everything's going good. It's a little cold out here, so I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Reporting for the Telegram on thetelegramnews.com, I'm Jeremiah Shaver. And yeah, we thank Jeremiah for putting together that little video, or I guess it was more of a live, but for us it's kind of now a video. So he was talking about the Colton, um, uh, some of the stuff going on down there. And uh, so I'm Dylan. I'm covering for Jen for a little bit. 
but it was really nice having some of the uh, OSU extension people on. We very much appreciate them coming in. And that was a fun little thing to put together, just going through and making some butter. And I'll be honest, I didn't know you could make butter like that. I mean, I knew you you could like churn it, but as they had kind of talked about for me, I always just kind of get butter from a store. But that's a really nice system, and I might end up trying that out myself. And I got a chance to try some of it, and it was it was really good, actually. I liked it a lot. But and when they were here, they went through some of the different things, such as where does milk come from, uh, what type of products are produced from milk, what do dairy cows eat to produce milk, um, just like the physical change or chemical change. So that was a physical change because they were physically shaking it. But yeah, we appreciate them. And I'm going to go ahead and play another video from Red Thompson after a basketball game. Okay, okay, we're here with uh, Red Thompson Total Media, and we're here with legendary coach Doug Hale. He was here tonight to be honored with two of the three teams he took to the state tournament. Coach, um, a sold-out crowd tonight, and had to be a uh, quite an emotional night for you. Oh, it sure was, Red. It was great seeing the kids and, and, and their kids now. So it's been a minute, but... Uh, that feeling of pride in our community and, and with the girls and the school, it, it never goes away. Um, the um, Going back to those days, uh, it, it was really the glory days of Oak Hill girls basketball. And what, what, did it, what did it mean to you to build a program that was known statewide for quite a long time? Well, that was our goal. You know, it wasn't just me. I had a lot of great parents, and if the parents wouldn't allow the kids to come in for the 100 days that we ran practice through and all the days in the summer and travel with us, it was just really a community event, and there's no way one person can, can take credit for what happened here in Oak Hill and at Lady Oaks basketball uh, during that time period. But we, we just had a lot of great kids that uh, loved to be a good teammate. Uh, they'd do anything for each other. Uh, Coaching staff was the same way as, as them, and uh, uh, the community and administrative support at school uh, was just outstanding, and it was a great time. You know, life's about memories, and certainly you've had your share. You've had 10 books worth of memories. <laughs> but uh, Doug, playing at Ohio State, what, what was that like? Well, it, it was always when I first was a young coach. You know, back when I was 21 years old and I'd go to the Boys State Tournament and you'd sit there and you'd see all the teams and the communities and how much fun they were having. As I sat there and reflect on the games I was watching, I'm like, man, it would just be great to get our team up here and our community up here and share in this atmosphere. Uh, took a long time, but, you know, one thing that I do remember in, in 204 when we won a game in the regionals is just how humbling it was to, to think about of all the kids and all the players that came before us or before that group that helped help prepare and get that team ready for that regional championship there at Lancaster. Uh, so it was heartwarming that, you know, and, and also very humbling that, you know, I missed I missed that uh, the opportunity that they had. But if it hadn't been for the players before those groups, and, and Jamie Lewis put a name stake on Lady Oaks basketball uh, just before I started coaching the girls, so. Girls basketball, everybody wanted to be a, uh, a girls basketball player, and Jamie helped build that as well, and, and we just flourished after that and kept things going for a decade or so. And uh, I, I just can't say enough about how much everybody appreciated what we did and let us do our thing. And 
It was a lot of fun, Red. And the final thing, I know he wasn't officially part of the program, but when you're talking about memories, I think you have to mention the man who this who this entryway to the high school is uh, named after. Uh, what, what do you think Buzz Fisher would have thought if he could have been here tonight? Oh, Buzz would have had a smile on. He'd, he'd been <laughs> congratulating and replaying every play, and, and, and you're right. And thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Buzz Fisher was not only a mainstay in Lady Oaks basketball, but he was a mainstay in, in Oak Hill sports, period, for, for a long, long time, and, and valued friend that we miss very much. Okay, thank you, Doug. Congratulations. Thank you, Red. All right, and thank you, Red, for that nice little video there. Um, speaking of different basketball things going on, of course, we're in the height of basketball here in our community. And the other day I went down, actually it was last night. It doesn't feel like last night cause I didn't get much sleep. I tried to go to bed and I just, I couldn't. So yesterday I was so tired cause I only got like four hours of sleep and I went down and I, uh, broadcasted, well, streamed a broadcast of the Piketon basketball game. And it was really fun. I really much, I very much enjoy going out there and trying to live stream different things like that and just see how we can get everything to work together. So it was really awesome. And the team played very well. Piketon won. Uh, it was Piketon versus Peebles. But for me, there's one thing I think about when I think about that night. I went down to the bottom floor down there with the players. And I don't know, maybe they were all just very tall. But I felt very small down on that floor with them. And it, it's just, I've never been that immersed in an actual game before. Like, of course, I was in marching band, so I was down there with the football players and they came running through. But I was in one of the biggest bands in our area. We have like 200 members when I was there. I don't know what they're at now. I imagine they've grown. But for like, I wasn't the only one down there. And then being part of the total media, going down and trying to video everything, I was the only one and it just I guess I just felt so small but it was awesome you know like that was just a really fun thing that I enjoyed doing and I'm excited for our next upcoming games and I encourage all of you to tune in for those it's on Main Street TV here on Facebook and on Total Media on YouTube but it, it it's something I very much enjoy and I hope you guys enjoy watching it because it's a ton of fun for us to produce and it's a it's a really nice thing for the community. So I encourage all of you to tune in and watch it. Uh, tonight we're doing a coaches show. So I believe that starts at 7. Don't quote me on that. I'll probably make an announcement later on the page. But I believe that's our start time. And of course, it's sponsored by Rockwater Campground. They're our title sponsor of our live streams for Piketon Basketball and the Piketon Coaches Show. So we very much thank them. And we, of course, we got to thank our viewers, you guys, for tuning in because that's what you guys watching it is what helps us. Like that is we make it for the community. So when the community tunes in, we very much appreciate it. So thank you, everyone, for watching this episode, all of our other episodes, and uh, hope you tune in tonight. Thank you, guys. Bye.